A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is Four Center, a show about Star Wars pop culture in the ultimate adventure, life itself. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsok, happy to answer everything. That's right, this episode is Questions of the Everything, Cues of the Everything. We are putting out a request to our patrons on Patreon to give us their long-awaited Star Wars questions after the strikes are finally over and resolved, but also to ask us any other questions about uh, pop culture. You got a Godzilla question burning in your soul? Uh, You got a question about, I don't know, student loans burning in your soul? (laughs) Whatever you want to ask us about because sometimes we have thoughts and other times we're like i I don't know it's a fun and interesting challenge but it's been a great journey uh to combine uh star wars questions with all sorts of other questions because i love looking at star wars as it relates to the entire world it's not in a vacuum today we have a decidedly uh star wars question about the heart and soul 
of Mr. Obi-Wan Kenobi. I've never called him Mr. in my life. It just came <laughs> out. I don't know why. Like I was introduced to him at a show. Next up on our benefit dinner, a reading from Mr. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, and then we have a question about uh, Star Wars specifically, but I think it relates to our larger uh, pop culture landscape about FOMO, the fear of missing out. So uh, please listen to the second half of the show so you don't get FOMO. Anyway, we are <laughs> going to tackle those questions. But today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player, and any other device you can make have digital no- noise on it. Uh, we are going to uh, recommend uh, Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray. I just switched it up because we're talking Kenobi, and that's one of my favorite Kenobi stories is in that book. Uh, I think she's got a great handle on young Kenobi. You can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. One more time, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. We also have an ask, Ken. We do have an ask. We're asking you to consider checking out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash center. That's where you can support us directly, get into our Discord. But also, we got kind of a, I don't want to say challenge, because that sounds sounds like we're morning radio, and I'll get off this billboard when you reach our challenge. But to help us grow, <laughs> we're uh, <laughs> trying to reach 400 uh, paid supporters. Patreon has kind of changed things up a bit, so we have members, non-members, paid supporters. There's a lot of uh, new terms flying around. But we get to 400, and we're very, very close. We will unlock a movie commentary series. We're going to let uh, we're going to let patrons decide the first movie in this series. And uh, even though we have done some commentary tracks before on our YouTube page, check them out if you want. We might be revisiting those movies. You let us decide. We'll unlock this. It's going to be a lot of fun. More information on the way. But you can support us at patreon.com slash four center. Oh, great ask. So uh, with that, we can go into the everything, the cues. Um, so for both these questions, kind of great. I, I came across them like, this is a great question. And uh, uh, people had a response to one of them. And for our FOMO one, two people asked a similar question. So we're, we're uh, going to be able to address multiple uh, comments, questions uh-huh. from patrons at once. We're going to start, as we so often do, with Mr. Lucky Toad. <laughs> I don't know. I just I feel it's been too long since I've emceed a variety That's show, great. Ken. Yeah. <laughs> Put your hands together for this question from Mr. Lucky Toad. Hmm. Mr. Lucky Toad says, hello, Force Center. I need some Star Wars counseling. In Return of the Jedi, Luke says, I can't kill my own father. And Obi-Wan says, then the Emperor has already won. No matter what point of view I look at this scene from, it bothers me that a Force ghost thinks the only solution is for Luke to kill. It feels very on Jedi-like. I could understand Obi-Wan saying this before he died, but I would think that Force Ghosts see things differently, existing outside of time as we understand it. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. And then uh, Mr. Lucky Toad got a response uh, from uh, patron Marco. Marco said, I watched Return of the Jedi last night and thought the exact same thing. The look on Luke's face when he said it too. I actually turned to my wife and kids at that point and commented how that seemed a bit drastic. (laughs) (laughs) Much, much. Uh, Understandable thing for a father to do. Hey, this father murdering seems a bit (laughs) drastic. I hadn't thought of it from that angle. Uh, We're not all good with that, right? Okay, uh, that's not common, you know, practice in the real world here. Uh, Anyway, Marco's response continues. I think it shows how much Star Wars lore has grown and become more established since the original trilogy. There's no way anyone could get away with all the inconsistencies that come up 
throughout the trilogy these days? It's a, a powerful, important question, powerful, important discussion. It's really fun to just see uh, conversations on the questions between uh, patrons. And Ken, I actually want to start before we dive all the way into the Kenobi lore um, with your thought on on Marco's final point that uh, that there's as Marco says, there's no way anyone could get away with all the inconsistencies that come up throughout the trilogy these days. How do you feel about that as somebody who grew up with the original trilogy, a different time, a different mm-hmm. form of communication, a, a, a different time in being a fan, and yet? Yeah, some of the things with the original trilogy that people had questions about or bumps about, you know, like became jokes. Whereas, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, things like Obi Wan saying stormtroopers are, are are too precise, their shots are too precise, and then they miss mm-hmm. a lot. Then that that was a joke. I feel like today that would be proof that this director is <laughs> bad, or you know, that <laughs> yeah. somebody needs to be fired, and like a, a, a disrespect of stormtroopers, like. But the yeah. tone and the tenor of the conversation was different in the original trilogy days. How do you feel about that and inconsistencies back in the day compared to now? Yeah, look, I sometimes miss the more innocent time, but also I understand the questions, right? Because we clearly had the questions too. That's why we were maybe even joking about it or was baked into our conversations about these movies we loved on the playgrounds and the bars of our lives. Uh, and I think Marco's right, like for better or worse, right? This would be weeks and weeks of discussion. We already get it when there's things that pop up. And I think some of it's, and I don't think it's what Marco is referring to, but like even some stuff in the Kenobi series, when you, I would just run into some folks and be like, well, he never left. He never left Tatooine. Like, well, well he did. We just, we just saw him, but he never left. Like, well, that's what you thought, but now we got something <laughs> new to explore. That's not an inconsistency or a plot hole or a loop or anything. That's just where we're learning. We have this ability to, to go back and revisit some things. I think it's slightly different than this question and what specifically Mark was talking about. But yeah, that's that's what we get. It, it can be an exhausting thing at times, but I also do like some consistency. And, and you know, going back to this time period, like you said, George and, and Kasdan and Mark Juan and anyone sitting down, um, they might have had a thought about that. They might have had a certain point of view about what this means for Kenobi in this moment or I, I, for as a kid, it was a confusing moment for me because that's why I spent a lot of my uh, childhood and young adulthood going, well, yeah, Luke was going to go kill him because that's what heroes do, right? <laughs> like I had, mm-hmm. I had to, you know, look at it from a different point of view over my own fandom and lifetime. So, um, yeah, it, it is just where we're at. More, more microscopes and and magnifying glasses on the content. Yeah, no, I mean, I think um, with the amount of discourse that is given to whether or not uh, something has a plan, and, and I right. think, you know, uh, really uh, people, uh, you can have whatever opinion you want about the sequel trilogy, and if you feel like it is inconsistent and it doesn't work, that's your opinion, you have every right to it. But the most of uh, discussions I have are about the behind the scenes of, well, mm-hmm. this person did this, and this person wanted mm-hmm. this, and this person should have got this job, or this, like, it's so much about the uh, the creators. Um, but there's so much focus on, did they have a plan or not? If you have a plan, it means it's good. If you didn't have a plan, it's bad. Right. Um, right. In the original right. trilogy, like, for me, the thing with, like, I, I love and embrace the Skywalker siblings the skywalker twins mm. now like that's the story yeah. and i engage with the story i'm presented with but yeah they yeah. straight up kissed and uh, uh, <laughs> the novel splinter the mind's eye Either, there's a lot of luke just straight up being mm-hmm. horny on main for yeah. his sister um yeah. in in the novel splinter the mind's eye um mm-hmm. it, it, clearly plans shift they alter mm-hmm. you know um mm-hmm. But I think what's actually changed isn't how people respond to it. I think it's how we communicate about it in the culture of fandom. I think, 
you know, th- th- there's things come up on social media that I didn't even know about, like um, growing up in the time because I didn't hear about it because I didn't have social media. Like the uh, mm. there's that there's that one fanzine that Rage Quits when Empire Strikes Back came out because yes, that goes around yes. on social media. We're like, this was not our Star Wars. <laughs> the second yes. Star Wars movie was already this is not my Star Wars and they Rage Quit, you know, and you can find, <laughs> you know, people being furious about parts of Empire Strikes Back. These are supposed to be fun, feel good movies and. Uh, now it's his father and he cut off his hand. That's depressing. I don't want that. And the Ewoks mm-hmm. and Boba Fett and Return of the Jedi, blah, blah, blah. blah. You, you can find all those, all those same points of anger about inconsistency or choices yeah. that, that fans don't like. I just think we have a couple different things. We have social media to share them immediately. We have a system right now that rewards anger in the algorithms of the places where we communicate, where it is financially to your benefit mm-hmm. to be angry about something for for uh, for people who want to take that that dark side uh, route. I also think it's just um, when you and I were growing growing up, Ken, in them in them way back days, there was still a stigma to being a genre fan mm-hmm. or a nerd. Mm-hmm. So I think part of the, our conversation changed because. Well, I might legitimately feel incredibly passionate about a story choice in Star Wars in order to deflect and defend myself. I kind of, unless I'm with real safe friends, I kind of have to present it as a joke. Mm, Yeah. Because there was a stigma attached to it. And if you were at a general, you know, get together and half your friends were talking about sports and the other half of your friends were talking about, you know, what's happening on, you know, a popular television show like A-Team. And you're like, actually, I'm still mad about this part of Star Wars. And like there there was a possibility of being literally ostracized. And I think that has shifted so so fundamentally where genre storytelling is the dominant form of storytelling. And it is incredibly accepted to have uh, strong opinions about genre and also just to have genre be a part of your identity to have people mm-hmm. be like a part of my identity is i i am a huge kenobi fan and therefore this is deeply personal to me that yeah. now that that is a, a normal form of communication rather than something to sort of be hidden yeah. at times as it was when we were young i think also changes the nature of the conversation yeah it allows it to be discussed in even more detail with a lot of fun i think there's still a lot of good intentions in some of the discussions even though over the years it's become less and less apparent and it just make me think too it's like i was just i was on um i was on tiktok the other day and there was some cool young hip star wars tiktoker tiktokers that fell into my algorithm and they were showing off like their star wars collections essentially while doing a a, a video uh, trend out right now. And I thought, wasn't well, that funny? Like I, I would have done anything to hide this from people <laughs> when I was around the same age. Uh, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing. This is something we're celebrating that we're in a different time, but it does lend itself to, I don't want to say, I don't want to boil it down to it's just simply we've sports talked our nerd talk, but there's some kind of, sometimes that feeling to me mm-hmm. and just we're, we're round table on this until, until it almost becomes a, a, a moot. And I just want to go back to the art. Yeah, no, absolutely. So let's go back to the art and talk about this central yep. part of Mr. Lucky Toad and, and Marco's thoughts about what that uh, force spirit of Kenobi is. Where is he coming from when he really does tell Luke, uh, y- you're, you need to end your father? Um, I think uh, I love that you brought up how you interpreted it as a kid. So let's start there. And, mm-hmm. and what, it, what the intent of it, I think, was when it was written in 1983. Yeah. Um, 
for me, I have always interpreted the moment as a the the student surpasses the master. That mm-hmm. Kenobi is is wise. He has guided Luke. He's given him a lot of great guidance, and Luke gets two messages from his two masters. He gets one from Yoda, who says, "You must face your father." And it seems like Yoda's maybe on the path of you. You need to be tempted by the answer that killing him is the only answer. And maybe it will be, but you need to be, go in that moment and be in that moment and experience that. And you need to conquer the Sith, conquer your fear of your father, um, and still retain your soul. Like Yoda's like, that's your last chance to become a Jedi. And then Kenobi has a, a much more direct, he's gone. Your father doesn't exist. I'm not, the way I've interpreted it is Kenobi is saying, I'm not asking you to kill your father. I'm asking you to put down like a wild beast that's murdering children because he's not your father. That person is gone. And I truly mm-hmm. believe that. And so for me growing up and from 1983, it was, well, that was Kenobi's life experience. That was his legitimate point of view that he truly believed that it's not yeah. a lie or a dodge <laughs> that, yeah. I truly believe that he is not your father. That man does not exist. So what I'm asking you to do is stop a great evil. And it's sad that that's a part of the role of a Jedi, but sometimes it is. And Mm -hmm. that's what I need you uh, to do. And then the student surpasses the master because he saw something, experienced something that the master didn't, that there was Mm -hmm. still hope and light in humanity. He was not uh, more machine than man now. So, that's the way I always interpreted it when I was young. <laughs> Probably not those exact words when I was sure. <laughs> like sure. 12. But uh, that to me was the story. What was the story to you when you were growing up? Or what do you think the intent was in 1983? And then we'll get to how to interpret it in the present with all the more storytelling we have. In 1983, it's not coming out of my nose and I was uh, eating popcorn and I just looked at Luke's the good guy. He needs to go destroy the bad guy, right? And and Vader, I'd grown up – actually, not even grown up with. This was the movie that I'd seen him as a bad guy. Mm -hmm. Like this is my first real big experience with it. Uh, But uh, even within the next couple of years as I get older and older, you know, it's – it's the symbolism. It's Luke looking down at his hand, and it is this: I can't, uh, uh, I can't become this, and the cave, and all those things start factoring into my mind. So I always took it a little bit more as, and maybe even I still do now, as this Obi Wan kind of saying, "You, you must go, um, you must go confront him." This is this is the fear going to what you're saying about 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 uh, Yoda. This this is the next path, and if you're if you're too afraid not in a cowardly way but if this is something you feel you can't do and you're shying away from this then that's why the emperor has already won we need you up there and and i i can now uh infuse a little bit of of obi-wan's experiences including stuff we've seen in the show of him kind of coming to terms that i i didn't i didn't make that monster a monster it's not all on me i've forgiven myself for this i've moved on luke's the future he is twisted in evil and maybe padme <laughs> is right they're still good in him but but I can't see it and I can't bring it out of him. Um, and so maybe you like said he, he is a, a monster on the, on, on the, on the loose, even though we've already seen some hesitation, right? The, mm-hmm. the, the, the Luke uh, Vader conversation on Endor that you and I broke down before in our scene by scene series, it's all there, but that's not in my mind in, in there. I just took it as you got to go destroy the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, because he isn't anything but a bad guy is Kenobi's yeah. belief. I also just think it's kind of powerful uh, mythic storytelling 
and and the way storytelling shifts as it continues the way Star Wars does. In 1983, in Return of the Jedi, Kenobi is the the, the classic mentor figure. He is a side right. character assisting the journey of the uh, you know Joseph Campbell esque you know hero in Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. and he is and he is that conversation is incredibly effective to raise the stakes, to make you feel like Luke is not going to be able to bring himself to do this, but maybe the mentor is right that it's the only way. And then you're pulling for Luke to be able to make this better choice. But now with all the additional storytelling of Obi-Wan Kenobi, when, if you've already watched the the prequels and the clone wars and the Kenobi television show, and you sit down to watch return of the Jedi, Kenobi is not a a side character to prop up Luke's Mm -hmm. journey. He's Mm -hmm. a main character to you. Yeah. So yeah. you're watching that scene not through what is being said to Luke, but you're watching that scene through the question of what is in Kenobi's heart. Because to us, yeah. as fans of the entire saga, he's a main character in that scene too. Whereas in 1983, yeah. mm-hmm. he was a guide to the yeah. Luke was the only main character in that scene, but not when we watch yeah. it today. Yeah, you're right. He's the cameo. They got Alec Guinness back for one more day of work. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, a little different. Yeah, for a good old ghost sit. Uh, yeah. Okay, so that that brings us in uh, up to discussing Mr. Lucky Toad's actual Star Wars counseling of mm-hmm. um, of how to interpret that. And I'm, I, I got two ways to interpret with the lens of all of the Kenobi storytelling we have now, including the television show, which I think uh, makes this moment even more rich and complicated. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think there's two ways to interpret it. I think you can interpret it if you want. Is Kenobi testing? Luke, maybe in Kenobi's heart, he feels like, yeah, I'm a force spirit. I've seen there's this possibility, but I know Luke has it in him to be like his father and maybe, maybe killing is the only possibility he'll see. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw that out there to him to see if, um, Mm -hmm. if he follows that, that path, you know, uh, basically setting Luke up for the same conflict that we have now seen Kenobi go through of how do I handle this man? Uh, he's got to be ended. Uh, mm-hmm. I think in the Kenobi television show, we saw Kenobi fully accept and believe from his own point of view that Anakin has made the choice to kill what is good in him. Anakin has made the choice to become this. It's it's nobody else's fault but Anakin. He made that choice, and there's nothing Kenobi can get to do, do to get through to him, and Kenobi still can't bring himself to kill. Yeah. To kill him. He has been on this journey now in Kenobi television show of of I need to reclaim what it means to be a Jedi. A Jedi's goal is to defend life, not take it. He tells Anakin. Mm-hmm. He, he tells Reva showing mercy was a way to celebrate the fallen Jedi. So mm-hmm. Kenobi went through this 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 torture test and faced it and said, "I can't bring myself to kill him." Mm-hmm. So then I think that really you know comes into Mister Lucky Toad's question of. Is there is there interpretation where Kenobi goes, I know what this test is like to look in the mm-hmm. face of someone that you might know, you might love. Luke doesn't know his father yet, but he, he wants to mm-hmm. um, and make the choice to kill him. How do you feel about that? Can you can you find in your heart a way to interpret that scene where Kenobi is fully aware that Luke has a different path and is encouraging him to take the wrong path to test him? Yes, I actually think it can connect up pretty well. And maybe some people will, will, will claim we're making excuses for Kenobi because there's an entire sect of anti-Kenobius out there. I think, well, I, I'll, that, this is just the first thing I want to talk about. So, uh, uh. <laughs> um, 
But it makes a lot of sense. Um, it, it, it makes a lot of sense for me to have him like, like you're, you're going to get to this point. You're going to get to the point that I, I got. And, and, and this is the only way I can get you there. Hey, look, Obi-Wan has a, his certain point of view kind of uh, conversation, mm-hmm. uh, conversations. But if he was like, hey, I need you to go up there and, and, and um, talk him down or go there and grab him and grab a shuttle and get back down. I don't know. It just seems not that it's, it's, it's the, 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 the weaker choice or anything like that, but like, it seems like Luke wouldn't understand that. That Luke is still on. Remember, I think, I, I think this all leads to the throwing down of the, of the hilt mm-hmm. of the lightsaber is the, 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 the culmination of his journey. This is, this is the guy who wants to be a great warrior, like his father. And, and that's what he sets out on his adventure. And Yoda says, Wars not make one great. All those things are leading to that moment. Mm-hmm. And so I think maybe he knows this is where he's at. And I got to, yes, go go try to be this great warrior to save the day. That is needed. He's the bad guy. Uh, and then you're going to find the truth there. It's a big calculated risk. That might be what people throw at Kenobi right now. Like, just just tell him the truth, right? Holdo <laughs> should tell Poe and Kenobi <laughs> should tell Luke. Like, I got it. I got it. But I, I think there's some truth to that. Of I know you're going to get there, and I trust that you're going to feel the same way. If that's mm-hmm. what I'm, I'm interpreting your interpretation, right? Yeah, um, and I, I I think that is um, in the spirit of offering uh, Star Wars counseling. Uh, what what we used to do on that show, and, and what I'd sometimes mm-hmm. record it by myself. What I used to do, we used to have a show called Star Wars Counseling for people who are newer to us, and uh, uh, we would try to offer lots of different ways that people could look at something that was challenging them. Right. So I think. Looking at maybe he didn't mean it at all, and maybe he's testing Luke. I think that's one way to look at it. It's not the way I look at it as much as I would mm-hmm. like to, mm-hmm. um, because there it, it, it's just the performance. The performance does not the way it's written, directed, acted. I feel like Four Spirit Kenobi thinks that, mm-hmm. um, and the way that I have wrestled with that. Uh, uh, I apologize. This is gonna this is gonna take a second, Ken. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's. I'm trying to contain why, myself, but it's Kenobi. This is why we come to you for Kenobi talk. This is this is why we do this. Well, so Mr. Lucky Toad asked specifically, how how could a find it if if Obi Wan was still alive in this moment and saying, "Look, I looked in his eye, not eyes. I could only see one eye. I looked in the man's eye. He's not there. Yeah, Anakin. It doesn't exist. You're not killing your father. You're killing a, a beast. It's sad." but it's, mm-hmm. it's necessary. Um, mm-hmm. How, if, even if you could justify that perspective, how can you justify it when he's a force spirit? So uh, this is something uh, that I wrestled with as a fan and, and uh, w- with my own little writing. I've, I've mentioned this before. Uh, the, the wonderful actor, James, James Arnold Taylor, who of course played Obi-Wan in, in the Clone Wars and many other places, uh, at one point wanted to see if he could get the Lucasfilm to let him do a stage play for charity of, you know, basically an evening with Kenobi, uh, you know, a, a monologue where Kenobi kind of tells you his entire life story all ironed out. This was uh, before the Kenobi show and uh, to absolutely no one's shock, the answer is no, you can't do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, James w- was really interested in this and uh, I-, I offered to work on a script and, and James really enjoyed it. And it was it was a really fun experience and a really fun exercise. Uh, that we'll never see the light of the day. Um, but the way I thought about it is, uh, to answer Mr. Lucky Toad's question, is uh, I, I agree that they, a force spirit, a force ghost is mystical, existing 
outside of time. You are everything and you are nothing. There's been some great short stories in uh, uh, from a certain point of view. Kevin Scott has a great short story of Obi-Wan entering the force and experiencing all times at once mm-hmm. and no time mm-hmm. at once and all that. Uh, 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 Claudia Gray wrote great, great prose about Qui-Gon uh, removing himself from the cosmic force and kind of reassembling himself as this singular yeah. identity so he could have a human chat with uh, with Obi-Wan. Those are both, I believe, in the first from a certain point of view, view Correct, a book. Yeah. And I like Four Spirits being like, they're mystical, they're not entirely understandable, but as much as we could understand them, they are outside of, of time. So what I thought about is a, a Four Spirit can see everything that has ever happened everything that will happen, everything that might happen. They can see all the possibilities, uh, all the strands of time. But the process of becoming a force spirit is retaining your individual identity within the cosmic force. Mm -hmm. So to me, it was like, you can become the cosmic force. You can see all these strands, but you still are affected by your own individuality. And Kenobi, even at the Zen level of being a force spirit who can see all the possibilities his own experiences, his own pain, his own biases blinded him to seeing this strand of possibility. And uh, spoilers uh, for the thing that will never see a light of day, the way I constructed the, the story of him telling his whole life story was that the tease at the beginning was kind of, I've made a lot of, I've had a lot of triumphs and I've had a lot of failures. And, and there's one failure that I've had a hard time forgiving myself for in the epiphany at the end is the failure to, to see the possibility that, that Luke ultimately did, that Anakin was still there. So that's, for me, that's just kind of like some headcanon stuff of how to think about uh, four spirits. Um, but more than anything, it goes back to the power of what that scene is. I think the power of that scene is, even in the Zen state of being one with the cosmic force, Obi-Wan was so wounded by his own experience of losing Anakin and having the the monster Vader say that that guy is dead. I killed him has made even four spirit Obi-Wan truly believe he is gone and there is no hope. And the way I imagined it, it was like an explosion of joy, an explosion of bliss when that possibility opened. And like, how could I be blind to that? How could I see that? how could I forget that there is always hope and that this cer- chain of circumstances, Luke shows mercy and Anakin feels that flood into him and can make a better choice. I didn't see that. And now I have Luke survived. He surpassed his training. He surpassed me. I have my old friend Anakin back at my side within the cosmic force. What a beauty, what a glory that I was wrong. That's mm-hmm. the way I thought about it on an, on like an emotional level and a storytelling level. Uh, yeah. So, Ken, do you have any thoughts, <laughs> critiques? Do you want to I mean, uh, flame me in the comments? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I didn't write an Obi-Wan monologue, monologue once, but I think I colored him in a coloring book. Uh, That's what I tried. <laughs> um, the idea of failure is, is, is something that was um, – in my soul as as well, I, I it, it's it's the it's the last Jedi thing. It's the one of the greatest things. Star Wars is that Yoda scene with Luke. I watch it a lot. Um, 
so the, it, it, he's not infallible, meaning Yoda. Luke, as we learn later on, not infallible. So okay. why wouldn't Obi-Wan have that kind of going on here? I think your read of uh, what a Force ghost is, is, is um, I think it's correct, but that's a strong word, right, in this, in this opinion landscape. But yeah. I think it's a good read on what we know now. It's definitely what we didn't know in 1983. And who, know, who knows how much even George and – well, George might have had an idea, but he didn't have time to explain it. Larry Kasdan's like, he's a ghost. I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, it's a different time. Uh, that's, and that's part of what Marcus said too. It's uh, things have established. But I, I, I think they're retaining your identity and knowing. And, and, and we have a it, it, we have a tendency and understand I understand it to to whatever is said from characters we could sometimes think it's what the movie is stating it's the movie's point of view right mm-hmm. that's uh, drives me a little crazy sometimes with where people treat kylo's words as fact uh or as what the movie is stating when it's the villain or it's someone with a incorrect uh, look at it all um so why wouldn't that apply here as well you can get into the documentary view of it, right? Of, well, mm-hmm. we can go to the book. I have a giant coffee table book and maybe George and, and, and Larry have an answer about it or Richard Marquand in, in, uh, in the past. Um, but I, I, I think it works for me too uh, as a story point. I think I think I would even kind of uh, combine them. Not that Obi-Wan was, you know, lying, but it's still part of, of Luke's journey. Luke, and he still goes and discovers what we, we know he discovers, that this is not what, what a warrior, it's not what I was setting out to be. But why mm-hmm. wouldn't Obi Wan be like? Because that's it's how yeah that the hands go up. Well, we've already lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, and he encourages uh, him to also you know bury his feelings about Leia, and that all comes to pass. Luke does not bury mm-hmm. them deep enough, and Vader unlocks them, and it it mm-hmm. unleashes this this fury in in exactly yeah. how uh, Vader was was trapped and manipulated by Palpatine, the fear of a loss the fear of the future possible loss of a loved one leading to horrific yeah. violence. And, and, you know, you got to imagine Kenobi up there in the force spirit, <laughs> you know, stands <laughs> watching this, <laughs> Ooh, this game ah. of like, Oh, that's exactly <laughs> what I told you to bury your feelings. And Oh, he's doing it. He's doing it. Um, which all goes to me of like this idea mm-hmm. of like, I can, I could see it a billion ways that this worked out. I, I couldn't see this one e- even, mm-hmm. even in this, exalted position i retained everything about myself in in wisdom kindness empathy hope being there for luke and giving him everything he needed but i also retained within myself this this one wound that i could not heal uh which is you know it's the end of the kenobi show i I had hoped for for in the kenobi show for for obi-wan to more actively attempt to get through to uh to vader Mm -hmm. as as Mm -hmm. we talked about a lot uh, you mm-hmm. know, I rewatched that scene again, and I think what that what is powerful about that scene is Obi Wan's clarity of, you know, that my friend is truly dead. The, yeah, the yeah. Obi Wan we meet at that moment in life makes a decision for himself of he mm-hmm. is gone, mm-hmm. and I yeah. think uh, that you know we can wrestle with the how of it, but if in the back behind the scenes of it, and we can mm-hmm. critique it and say this, that, or other should be done better. But if you just want to examine the text. And just say the text is a text and we interpret it. To me, the interpretation that is left is we see him come to that conclusion in the Kenobi television show. And even in the Force Spirit, that conclusion that my friend is truly dead does not go away until Luke and Anakin prove him wrong. Yep. Yep. And then Force goes, Obi-Wan says, your mom Padme always said this. (laughs) Luke goes, who? Who? What? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I almost feel like, you know, that that happy moment where Luke is, you know, staring off uh, at the end of our party and, and sees his his mentors. He sees Yoda and Obi-Wan and Anakin. There's almost for me a little bit of Obi-Wan going, my bad. <laughs> a little bit. Thank, a thanks, little for, bit. thanks for bringing my buddy back yeah. to life, Luke. You yeah. know, or, uh, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any other uh, Kenobi for spirit uh, thoughts? This is this without a doubt. I imagine whether it's in our Discord, maybe in comments and and all those things, it might elicit different opinions and conversations. Mm-hmm. But this is what I love, and this is what over the years now ten broadcast years with with you and Jed, I love these kind of conversations because you could stop at the reality. It was 1983, 82 when they shot it or whatever. Like they didn't know, and that's part of it too. And that's sometimes the answer. But we're in this era now where we have so many stories, and I believe, and it's maybe my opinion, you all can yell at me, but I believe. The people behind these modern shows, the Joby Harrells, the Deborah Chaz, the Ewan McGregors, they have a passion for these characters and these mm-hmm. stories, and they know what they're working with. They know that a little look off to the side from Alec Guinness is an entire story that we can tell. We just have to connect it and build back to it and explore the why. And uh, I like having a little wiggle room to try to understand it all. Yeah, no, I, I really agree. And I, yes, I think this is a, um, a complex moment to interpret and lots of people are going to interpret it in lots of different ways. And I, I totally respect all the different opinions. I think uh, for me, I like looking at it at different levels. And, and I like the way that we looked at it today that like, what was the intent in 1983? Mm-hmm. To be a mentor who is trying to help Luke, but setting up the the challenge of the possibility of can Luke make mm-hmm. a different choice? Is it even possible or is, or is Obi-Wan wrong? It, it sets up Luke's journey. It sets up the return end of return of the Jedi incredibly well. Uh, so you can look at it from that perspective. You can also just look at it from the perspective of this is the text. This is mm-hmm. what the character believed then. This is what the character believed now. So let's have some fun saying, well, how could that be? And then also if you want to, which is sometimes the least interesting to me, you could you say which care which creator along the way do you feel is responsible for an inconsistency those are yeah. all levels that we can I- interact with it yeah. for me I, I often get the most joy from this is what the text is it's a show written by humans the uh, a saga written mm-hmm. by humans who things shift and they try to make it all uh, match up uh mm-hmm. but it's far more interesting to me to just say okay that's the truth because the the character said it in, in that performance. I believe that the character meant it. So how could that be possible? That's a, yeah. that's a fun way to explore it for me. Keyword fun, fun. Yeah. Have fun hey. with this. Hey, fun. have fun with us out there. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the Kenobi questions. It's been, it's been so long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really uh, had a deep dive into the heart <laughs> and soul of Obi-Wan mm-hmm. Kenobi. Complex, yeah. beautiful, flawed man. I love him so much. All right. uh, We are going to take a quick break. If you're listening on audio, we'll actually go away for a while. If you're watching on video, we will literally be right back in a moment. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And we are back to continue our questions of the everything. We had a great complex Kenobi conversation and now we're going to move on to uh, some uh, thoughts and questions about FOMO, fandom FOMO, fear of missing out. We got two questions that are that are similar, Ken. So I'm going to read them uh, both. Uh, the first one comes to us from Jeff Wood, Overhead Wire. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Overhead says, after some life changes, marriage, kids, life, I've had to slow down a bit on my Star Wars consumption. I haven't read or listened to any of the High Republic books, though I would love to and have only been able to watch the TV shows animated in live action one time through. I used to have the Clone Wars on repeat on my television while I was doing other things and probably rewatched them dozens of times total. That's just not possible now with the newer series, even though I love them all. Do you all have any advice for someone who feels like they are falling behind in the Force but would really love to keep up if they could? So that's Jeff's uh, entry. 
And then we have this uh, from our friend Michael McCarcel. Uh, this is a little bit longer. Um, we encourage people to really let us know where they're coming from in their their questions. So sometimes they're uh, they're sharing as well in there a little bit longer. That's the case here with with Michael. So uh, buckle up and enjoy the ride. Michael says, "Hello, Four Center friends. I hope you're all doing well. I was hoping to ask you all about fandom FOMO. I imagine you've received a question like this before, so I apologize in advance if you end up repeating yourself. And here's my customary apology for the cues of the force question in the form of an essay. I've recently had to accept that I simply can't keep up with the High Republic. I love Phase One, but started to fall off uh, towards the end of it, and still haven't read the final few books from it. I've mentioned before that I'm a ridiculously slow reader, and reading that many novels is just difficult for me. Given audiobooks a try, but they just don't work for me. When Phase Two started, I was at least able to keep up with the comics. At the time of writing, I have all of the Phase Three comics that are out, but haven't gotten to read a single issue. I really hate that it's come to this, but I just feel like I'll never be able to get to it all. I'm also years behind on the main Star Wars comics. All of that coupled with the mountain of non-Star Wars comics, novels, movies, and video games that I want to experience is just overwhelming. I know that you all have had to step back from the High Republic to some degree for various understandable reasons, although Joseph has mentioned being able to read at least the first book from Phase 2. I am very grateful to our friends Alex and Molly over at Star Wars Explained for their coverage of the High Republic, but it's still just not the same as being able to experience these stories and characters for myself. I can't shake the knowledge that I'm missing out on these fantastic stories. I guess my question comes down to this. How do you all handle feeling like you're missing out on parts of your various fandoms if you do ever feel that way? Thanks, friends. I hope you all have a safe, wonderful holidays. May the force be with you. We did, Michael. We're time traveling. We had we, we had great holidays. And I'm sure Valentine's Day will be amazing for us all. Um, <laughs> and uh, these are both about fandom FOMO in general, but the High Republic specifically. So where would you like to start? Where do you go? Man, I go so many places all at once, man. It's... it's uh... It's something that this this past year challenged me a lot on with the strikes, um, taking Star Wars away from me in terms of talking about it and the business of it for us, which also created an unexpected breath of fresh air where I was like, oh, there's other things in the world still. And and mm-hmm. that, that was a challenge. And there was some of it was a little bit of FOMO where I saw some people, I was watching Ahsoka, but there was an energy behind, I think I, I liked Ahsoka a little less because everyone else got to go enjoy it and talk about it and tweet about it. But I was making this decision, my decision uh, to not participate in that. And I felt like I was now being left out. Uh, there's the realities of, of too many comics and too many um, books, or even just if you do have time for something, it can you can it can challenge you. I, I I don't love the Jedi Fallen Order and Survivor games. I don't. Mm-hmm. I think the gameplay is challenging for me. I think it's repetitive. I think it's boring. Uh, the characters are, are great. Uh, I like a lot of the things presented in it. I like a lot of the stories. I've come around on some of them. Uh, I always shout out Alex Dabin and his read of the Bode character in the in the second game that I, I think helped change my per- perception on the character. But I don't like them. And so, I, but even that—that's that, something that's true to me. But even mm-hmm. when I look at other folks being, I love these games. I'm like, I wish I felt like that. <laughs> like, and it's hard. And I think we've we've been on the end of it. Where I've had some folks who off air, ah, 
I wish I could see and love Star Wars the way you do. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and there's been times where I just didn't under, where I'd be like, like almost, almost unintentionally a jerk, like I'm Obi-Wan going, well, you can just spend <laughs> six hours a day on it. Like I do, <laughs> like you, you, you know, or, or look for it. Like, you know, people are, look, I, the reason I'm moved by so many moments in Book of Boba Fett is I saw it and I reached out and I said, how does that connect to me? And I put it in my heart and Garza Whip talking to Black or Satin about change is something that means something to me. Other people don't have time, you know? You might be like Jeff going, great, I got kids, a wife, a dog, I can't, you know? And and there's that too. And I also got, and I'll pitch it back to you, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, like, no, you, you got you got some talking hammer time coming. Yeah, <laughs> but also with life changes and we, we're blessed where this, this Force Center isn't our hobby. It's part of our professional uh, existence. And therefore, our, our personal existence. So uh, I choose to focus on this over other things, and other people might be peeling off. But there was time for that's been challenged. I, I worked over in 2023 for most of the uh, of the a good chunk of the year. I worked as a kind of behind the scenes writer and development guy with, with New Rockstars YouTube channel over there, and that took a lot more time than I had planned. And I couldn't. That was part of the reason I couldn't focus on mm. every little granule uh, Star Wars conversation that we wanted to have here in Force Center, and that felt challenging. So that's that's all the challenges on the table, Joseph. I'll, I'll try to get and understand how I worked through it and reconnect it. Yeah, but I started, I, the same, I started in the same place of you of of analyze and understand the problem of you know yes what are you afraid of uh, you know mm. pulling it apart. And I think for me, I, I I've really been working at trying to separate out. Uh, what is a uh, uh, FOMO, fear of missing out, which is about social experience. Right, right, right. Which is about, I am up on the High Republic and when somebody, you know, posts a, a, a cryptic social media thing about what's happening with that Wookiee, there's a fun feeling of community that I you know. are in on that and you were you were washing the dishes and you were worried about that Wookiee and now you're in this community who's also worried about the Wookiee. And it's yeah, fun to yeah. worry about the Wookiee together and there's the, the, the fear of being left out. There's the social part of it that's about keeping up with everything now, now, now. Mm-hmm. So there's the social aspect. And then for me, there's also the personal of like, what do I want to experience and I don't have time for? Um, and, and I think we'll get more into solutions, but I think trying to separate the, the, the two things of what do I want to experience? Cause I want to know that story. I want to re-experience this story. I want to actively choose to spend the time with that story is to me, a, a not entirely connected thing to the fear of socially missing out and not sort of keeping up with the, uh, pop culture Joneses. Because uh, mm-hmm. I feel that way of like, there's plenty of people I look at like, how are you up on all of these? I watch a lot. I read a yeah, lot. Yeah. How are you up on all of those things and can rattle off your top 12 episodes of 18 things? How can you do that? And, yeah. and there, I think that just, that's just like this very weird modern version of like, how did my neighbor afford a four door <laughs> sedan? And I can't like, yeah, I think it's a yeah. very modern version of the, the keeping up with the Joneses. So to me, it's mm-hmm. important to separate out the social aspect uh, versus what do you truly want to spend your limited amount of time with? Because you love that character. You love that particular part of that story that you want to spend time. With. I think that's a, it's a, a great truth behind it all that, uh, that that's the definition of, of, of FOMO for sure. It's like, you see friends at a cool event. You're like, I, I want to be at the cool event. And, and you have to, you know, really focus on what you want and, 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 um, 
I, for me, there's, there's, I'm starting to learn more and more about just seasons of interests, you know, where it's mm -hmm. like, um, I, I've said a few times, it's not a small thing for me. I don't want to be over dramatic with it all, but it's not a small thing for me that I started watching football again. Big, I've always been a big sports fan, but I disconnected it for a lot of reasons. And Star Wars was one of the reasons. I just didn't have as much time on a Sunday morning mm -hmm. sit and watch NFL games. Um, and so therefore, I've done this with a few things in my life, probably a lot of things some people say, where... Simpsons was my identity. Gilligan's Island was my identity. Beatles were my identity. All these things were my identity, and I just covered myself in them. Uh, uh, big, giant jackets of Simpsons quotes and references and knowledge. And when I got too much, because I still like that. I was one of the people that still is like, no, late, later seasons are pretty smart and witty. You, you just you just didn't live with them as much as season four. Uh, you know, you don't have your monorail inside jokes with this these later seasons, but they're great. <laughs> but it just got too much. And I remember one day you fall off the wagon and you suddenly look around, you feel lost, you feel almost embarrassed. And then you look at other people and you're like, I'd like to be like them, but I can. And so it becomes, you just disconnect. And I personally have disconnected. And, and that's okay. And I've had to come around to be like, all right, I'm going to watch some football again. And I'm going to talk with some of my sports friends about football again, instead of acting uh, almost above it when I couldn't. And, mm -hmm. and because now I want to be here and it's okay that things go in and out. Jeff, you know, the, those kids uh, might go to college and you'll be watching Star Wars episode 19 and you'll be back in it. And that's okay. And, I think and that's part of it too. I think you're really smart to just talk about evolution. It's it's baked into Jeff's mm -hmm. question about his life evolving and changing. I think for me, one of the 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 things I've wrestled with with Star Wars is I have this desire to experience it as I did throughout my life. But as we've talked a lot about, um, the amount of Star Wars storytelling changes how you engage with it. Um, from our perspective as, as original trilogy fans, and, and I think this is true of a lot of people who grew up with the, the prequels as well, you, you just, you didn't have as much of it. So you poured over it and over it and over it. And you you had room to learn about Lobot and make up stories. You, you had room yeah. to have, you know, uh, uh, hello there, General Kenobi become a catchphrase between your, you and your friends because you've, you've poured over it again and again and again. And there's so much storytelling. For me, there's a desire to know it in that same, like, I want to know every background character. And I made an effort to mm -hmm. half a doing data bank brawlers. I want to learn yeah. uh, Bubba Joe's name from Force Awakens and be able to, you know, know his, his shtick because I, I mm -hmm. pine to know it the way I used to. And now there's just, there's, too much and, I, and i'm never going to know it in that same way mm -hmm. because it isn't the same experience if i want to know every background character in every detail out of a personal desire to the experience now is hardcore memorization yeah uh, it was totally organic to the life and the era i lived in that it's a trap mm -hmm. became a, a catchphrase that even non-Star Wars fans probably know yeah, because yeah. that was born out of we don't have as much of this thing we love so we pour over it and over it and over it and I'm never I love I love the Bad Batch I'm never going to interact with Bad Batch the way I did with the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy I'm not going to learn every background character's name and I have to accept that as an evolution of the era of the time of my age and in become comfortable with it and mm -hmm. and that it is a different time and that's just like you're saying seasons seasons and it's okay 
We had joy. We had fun. We had Star Wars seasons in the sun. Yeah, uh, there's something. Looking at Michael's question, too, and Jeff's – I like how you phrased it, like kind of the evolution of things and, and, mm-hmm. and you move away from it all. Um, you know, I sometimes – say, gosh, 17-year-old Ken would be really upset that I no longer can just rattle off the running order of every Beatles album, U.S. and U.K. releases. I used to be that guy. You know, like mm-hmm. now um, a friend asked me the other day, what's your like favorite Paul McCartney solo songs? I was like, I, I'll get back to you on that. I don't know. I just enjoy them. I don't know. Yeah. And and we have, and especially as the nerd world built up to where it is now, that it is profitable, it is, uh, it is powerful, and it is fun – Hopefully there's you, – you can't deny that a lot of what Michael's talking about, how, you know, when you're missing out of these stories. I just focus on that. Like I'll get to those stories. I'll get to them in time or I'll just get a recap and that's OK. And and we have this, this back of the baseball card kind of mentality. What's your stats? Mm-hmm. How many questions can you get? And, and, you know, you and I have talked before. We competed – willingly and in the fun world of the movie trivia showdown where you and I competed with Alex and so many other wonderful folks for star Wars trivia. Star Wars trivia is part of our existence as fans, but there we came a while and it's nothing against the league or the people competing it. And we had a lot of fun back then, but it just was like, it's not, this isn't enjoying star Wars. This is, as you said, memorizing star Wars. Mm -hmm. And I was able to disconnect from that and be okay with, but there's still, there's still that kind of, of energy, especially when we have a star Wars show where it's, someone's like, oh, what's your favorite High Republic character? The the, the guy, the dude, um, he has sex as a Jedi. What's his name? <laughs> and I have to be okay that that's my, that's where I'm at. Oh, that's right. Elzar Man. Okay. Okay. And I just mean, okay. And, and there's sometimes we had these weird standards of you're not, you level up as a fan based on how much you know and how many hot takes. And that, that yeah. affects me too sometimes. I, I think a part of the FOMO conversation has to be the unintentional or maybe intentional, but often unintentional, unintentional. or self gatekeeping. But, but, yes. but I think the, the presence of the, the dark side word gatekeeping is a part of the FOMO. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. is the, you know, again, being honest about our age, you and I both experienced the, no one must ever know how much I know about star Wars. And then right. go all the way to some of those trivia contests of like, no one must see me forget one detail about Star Wars <laughs> is a hell of a journey to go on to be like, I've experienced it all in life. I've been mocked for knowing too much and not knowing enough, I, you know, like, but that like so true. that gatekeeping, so true. can you rattle off facts? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I need to separate myself from that and have worked on that because I like knowing things when it's an extension of, of love. Yes. I've been collecting those Obi-Wan Kenobi trading cards and they had the name of the EOP on it. And I keep looking at that mm. card because I want to memorize it because I like yeah. that character because that's about me. But if we're doing yeah. the podcast from now on and I'm like, yeah, what's the EOP's name? I'll bleep and Google it because it does not define my love of the thing. I I yeah. know Star Wars in my heart. I have strong opinions about it that are based on my love of it, that are based on discussing it with you, that are based on hearing, uh, you know, our listeners and fans' uh, opinions various places. I love the heart of it. And if I forget a detail, it does not dent my fandom in the slightest. And I need to hold on to that. Yeah, well said. And it's fun to, you know, you and I, we're going to, for the uh, Patreon exclusive show we do every month, uh, Will the Force, we're going to be looking at that new visual uh, uh, dictionary on, um, you know, the, the the Age of Rebellion. I had so much fun this weekend. I was, I was poking through it and like some characters like, OK, yeah, uh, yeah, OK, yeah, I knew it was Ned, Ned B. And it's like, oh, Partagas's first name is Leo? 
That's amazing. I didn't know that. I'm never going to forget that because I love that character. I love what he represents and love, uh, love him in the show. Perfect slimy name. <laughs> For that, yeah. no offense to people actually named Leo, uh, well, but it's, Leo Partagas, and I, I, to be, it, I'm I'm a Leo in terms of my sign. And there was a brief time in high school I tried to get people to call me Leo, so uh, well, it didn't work at all. And in true Star Wars fashion, it's L I O, so I guess you could say Lyle, but I say Leo, Leo Partagas, you know, which is also part of the part part of the fun, you know. That's oh god, it's part of the FOBO. T- I don't know, it's part of this whole conversation. Maybe it's not direct with the FOBO, but it's like. The, we've you've, you and I've talked growing up saying a name in Star Wars a certain way and then learning that was incorrect. You know, nine numbers is nine numb. Like I, my whole life, it was nine numb. Now it's nine numb, and I know why and I know where it comes from. But uh, okay, you know that's uh, Mark Ellis grew up his entire life calling him Boba Fett. We mocked him in the early Schmoes days because he was like, "Well, maybe Boba Fett." We're like, "What are you talking about?" And he's like, "I grew up in West Virginia. It was Boba Fett to us." <laughs> that's hilarious. It is. And now it is that would be a problem. Now it would be a problem. We'd mark you down. You said it incorrect. No point for you. Yeah. Uh, and, and 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 shout out to all the folks who love that yeah. stuff. Some of it comes easier than uh, we have friends have minds that can recall lyrics. I don't have that ability anymore. But Bob, you know. comma, a fet. Did you know Bob that Bob. that was his species? He's a fet. He's Bob, He's a fet. comma, Bob. a fet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think just a willingness to be able to have fun with it is great. But uh, um to, to get back to the, the central question of kind of how do you mm-hmm. deal with FOMO, um, I, I think for me, I'm trying to remember that I enjoy stories the most when I find the time that I want to enjoy them. And yeah. doing the show, sometimes like, hey, a new, a new show is out. It's out on, on this night and we got to cover it this day. That's best for us. That's best for, for our, our, our listeners and our viewers. Great. Sometimes there's that. But with the High Republic, it, 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 I am of the opinion, as much as I love the actual storytelling, that there, there's too much at once. Too, and, yeah. and I knew when yeah. we started, I, I, I walk around the apartment and literally say this out loud to myself sometimes when I walk by the High <laughs> Republic books, Ken. I say it out loud to myself that, like, I knew if we ever stumbled, that'd be it. Um, yes. That's not a, yes. Right. It, and it was true because in yes. whatever year it was, 2000, like late 2022, going into 2023, mm-hmm. You and I both had a bunch of life stuff, career stuff, and mm-hmm. we fell behind on Star Wars books, and we really fell behind on High Republic, and that was just it. And, and yep. we were, we, and then and then the strikes happened, and it's like, well, goodbye, Phase Two. And there's sometimes we're like, I'm mad at myself. It's like I knew it. I told myself if we stumbled, yeah. that's it. And then I realized yeah. if we stumble and fall behind, that's it. Like that's not how I should be enjoying art. Yeah, I yeah. should choose to say. No one's going to make fun of me because I don't get that High Republic Phase 2 reference. And if they mm. do, I don't really super need them in my world. <laughs> if they yeah. legitimately mock me and, and mean to be – not have, not poke fun at a pal, uh, you know, but if somebody actually came at me of like, you shouldn't have a Star Wars podcast because you didn't get this Phase 2 reference, get out of here. You yeah. know? Yeah. I, I, I don't need yeah. that in my life. So I should read the High Republic books when I want to because I want to experience the stories. So I, I, and, and like uh, um, Mike was talking about too, of balancing other things, I'm going to slowly get caught up on phase two. I read the first two books and in between I read other books and I've got a new sort of book reading emphasis this year that I want to spend more time on books and actually make time. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to oscillate the Star Wars books I want to read in, in between other books. And if, 
I don't finish phase two for another year and a half, so be it. Because I need to do it at the pace that I'm going to enjoy the story. Otherwise, what's the point? It's not a race. It's And the final thing I'll I'll say on this, and I want to pitch it back to you. Um, I I think this also has been a a problem with uh, the amount of storytelling that's coming out of... I, I. I know some people are like, great, give me a new show every day. Mm -hmm. I like, and I have a strong opinion about stories mean more to us when we have a little time to process them, Mm -hmm. that they're like a meal or a memory that you literally need time to process them for them to sort of sink in and give you the nutrients. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I just need a little bit more, more time in between, in between stories so that they can sink in. That's, that's how Star Wars ended up meaning so much to me because it had so much time to sink in. So I got to give new stories a little time to sink in rather than just race from one meal to the next. And I'm there with you on that. And I wasn't a while ago. I think I've been on the show saying, hey, every eight weeks you give me a new Star Wars show, six to eight episodes, I'm fine by me. What do you mean too much? And that was my truth then. My truth now is I stepped off the train. I got outside, saw the sun and was like, even despite having a podcast in which a lot of my professional existence hangs on, uh, there's other things to discuss. I'd rather go back and discuss what Obi-Wan said in 1983 uh, uh, than worry about something new because it will come. Because it's it, we're, we're in this wonderful, bountiful era of Star Wars storytelling still. Bob I- Iger and his uh, sweater of shame might change some of the release <laughs> schedules, but that's okay. It's still going to be here. And, and even if it all goes away tomorrow... They pull the plug. Star Wars has been canceled. Finally, it's truly dead. The YouTubers were right. I'll have everything to go back and revisit it, and, and that's okay. Um, and, and sometimes, too, my final big thought here, Joseph, too, is, 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 is fear of missing out. And sometimes the absolute truth is we miss out, and we miss out mm-hmm. on things. And in those moments, maybe it's not always easy because I have been home on my couch going, how did that person get the invite to a show that I didn't get? You look around and and go, what am I not missing out on? And mm-hmm. try to focus on that. Jeff, wife, kids, family, life, you probably got a lot there. I am sure you know it. And that's part of what you gained. It's not about what you lost. Yeah, and if if, if the family in, enjoys Star Wars and you spend some time enjoying it through their eyes, that's a whole different evolution of life and, and a great, mm-hmm. amazing uh, experience. Um, one thing I wanted to mention that I had uh, FOMO about for years is uh the there's the the this company Big Finish that's been doing Doctor Who audios since like uh, I believe they started in like ninety nine uh, around then uh, maybe two thousand um, and then they and they just pump them out it's, it's, it's endless it's endless mm-hmm. um, but there's a Doctor Who who is uh, was in the uh, this television movie version of Doctor Who in nineteen ninety six and then he his entire run is on audios and for years I've, I've just kind of been like I don't really know the Eighth Doctor. <laughs> I can't really have a conversation too much about the Eighth Doctor, and I just, I just decided twenty years later, like, I got, I got time. I'll, I'm gonna listen to those Eighth Doctor audios, and I'm getting so much out of them. And and um, my my brother and my nephew are big fans, so I I went uh you know home for the holidays, and it's like, hey, I can finally ask your opinion about this twenty year old audio adventure of the Eighth Doctor, and. I got community out of it. I'm going to go to a mm-hmm. Doctor Who convention later um, uh, the, in, in February. Um, and if, if I find anybody who I think I can talk to about the Eighth Doctor audios, <laughs> 20 years gone, 
uh, mm. I'm going to talk to him about it. And I, I, I will still get community, just a different way, a different time, a different season, and in a time that ended up working for my life. Yeah, I love that. I love yeah. that. I also thought the way you started that sentence, I thought you were like, I'm going to a Doctor Who convention later today. It's excited for you, but <laughs> yeah, it's really, really piling in, in the life. So, uh, any other thoughts about uh, uh, FOMO and how to fight it, Ken? It's always going to be there one way or another. Hell, sometimes I drive past Del Taco and I, people are there enjoying food that I'm not. I get excited and bummed all at the same time. So, yeah, it's everywhere. You just got to find a way to deal with it. Yep. I think that that's a great way to conclude too, of like, uh, I think, you know, you can't beat yourself up too much about it. You need to accept change. These things will find you when the time is right kind of thing. But also I think it's just okay to feel wistful. You know, there, there is much in our life that wants us to just be happy all the time. Not a, not a thing wrong with me to feeling wistful. I used to think I was going to, you know, have a, a video game controller uh, pulled out of my rigor mortis mm. hands when I died. <laughs> I was a gamer through and through, and it's just not a big part of my life anymore. And I was at a party this weekend where people were like, Baldur's Gate 3, Baldur's Gate 3. And it was wistful. Because it's just like, yeah, that's not the season of my life I'm in, and it's a little wistful, and that's fine. Nothing wrong with it, you know? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Just can't wait till those Doctor Who characters show up in Fortnite and the dilemma that will be placed in front of you. <laughs> <sighs> hey, all right, all right. Well, we'll talk, we'll talk. <laughs> all right, any other, any other thoughts about FOMO? Yeah. No, that's it. That's the great stuff. Okay. Great questions. Okay. I So uh, we've rarely, I don't know if we've ever done this, Ken, mm. but to, to wrap up our episode, I'm going to go back to our first question. Okay. <laughs> so I still have more Kenobi thoughts. Uh, yeah. I think, I think another way, because I want to help people enjoy that moment, I think another way to, to look at the Kenobi scene is uh, Kenobi wants Luke to be open to the possibility that killing his father is the only way forward. So, because what he is actually saying is if you've already decided you can't, then the emperor has already won. So I think mm-hmm. there is also room for the nuance of Kenobi mm-hmm. saying you need to be at least be open to that possibility. So there's a yeah. third way to interpret that scene if you want. Yeah. And when we're done recording, I will say more to myself alone <laughs> out loud in my home. As you say it to the High Republic books. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, all right. That is our episode. Ken, do you want to take us home? I do. I do. We're going home. We're on Twitter and threads at Four Center Pod. We're on Facebook as well at Four Center Podcast. Instagram is where you can see us as well. We're available on a lot of different spots as a podcast. iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Tune in. Just search. You'll find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. As we said up top, you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Four Center. I have a Patreon as well as patreon.com slash Ken Napsack. If you want to help me uh, build out shows like Pop Rock and Radio, Anytime, Casually Talk, or just my own silliness, including some gaming still i'm thinking of cutting some things gaming might be on the table but it's a lot of fun to hang out and play uh sports games red dead and Fortnite on my youtube channel follow me at ken Napsuck, uh for updates on that joseph oh we should also say jennifer couldn't be here today mm-hmm. uh if you saw the last episode you might know why so uh go ahead uh, links on youtube down below to follow or search jennifer landa <laughs> on tiktok instagram as well uh joseph take us home with your stuff yeah, excellent. And hey, you're getting some good stand up out of the video game too. You had a good good clip up about the yeah. uh, the Red Dead Redemption. I, I yeah, yeah, did yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good, good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, yeah, so you can find me on all the social media uh, at Joseph Grimshaw. The thing that I'm uh, promoting right now is I've launched a weekly newsletter. 
uh, to try to keep myself uh, working uh, forward toward my goals. It's called Finish Your Monsters and hopefully uh, help you if you have any creative or life goals that you are trying to stay on top of. Hopefully be both honest and inspiring toward finishing those goals. You can just search for Finish Your Monsters or their links uh, to the blog newsletter on all my social media. That is it. We have answered for now the questions of everything. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.